Hey there, this is the Beeb, and this is an ad. But don't turn the channel. I just wanted to let you know about my new podcast, the Finding Your Way podcast with me, the Beeb, the newest podcast production from Unfiltered Studios. If you need some encouraging words, thoughtful insight, or maybe you just need a serious break from your not-so-serious job, we could all use something like that in our lives, am I right? There are a million lighthearted comedic and murder mystery podcasts out there, but how many podcasts you got in your queue that will give you a little help in life that might make you think and see things from a different angle? Well, if that is you, check out the podcast. Once again, that is the Finding Your Way podcast with me, The Beep, the newest podcast from Unfiltered Studio. Uh, all right, Keb, I'm done with this. I'll see myself out. Podcasting from the heart of Jacksonville, Florida, Florida. it's Keb Keb. Unfiltered, a podcast about truth, justice, and what's going to offend the maximum amount of people with the minimum amount of effort. You know, the American way. That's the American way. Parental discretion is heavily advised. Your parents might learn something. Now, here's your host. The Cab. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Glad you're along for the ride with us this week. As always, my name is The Cab. I want to thank everyone who tuned in last week with Mr. Harvin from FullPressCoverage.com. But I have another great guest for you tonight. Um, my guest um, this week has traveled all over the world, performing all types of audience for all types of audiences, from A-list celebrities to strangers in the streets. He has uh, been to several countries on national television, radio, and in Las Vegas. Uh, in addition to his entertainment, he has always had the passion for speaking. Growing up, he discovered this ability quickly and uh, always enjoyed engaging in a variety of conversations and was able to think on the spot, realize that he could combine his ability to speak and his magic uh, to help others and spread positive messages. Everybody, please welcome Josh Pele Magic. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited for this episode. Very excited to be here. And thank you for having me. Cool. Cool. Well, you know, when um, when you agreed to be on with me tonight, I was excited because once upon a time, I tried my hand at, at magic and um, not 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 at your level. Yeah. But um, because, you know, like I'm I'm a comedian, so they kind of run hand in hand a little bit. We run into each other a lot. And um they kind of go hand in hand, but what I would do is simple stuff like, uh, like take it to the bar, try to fascinate the girls, you know, all that good stuff. My friend John said the, the, the best trick that I would uh, do is when I pulled out my deck of cards that I could make all the women disappear. That's actually good for like a comedy routine. I should yeah. use that. I ever do stand up. Yeah. Use that. Um, I have a lot of questions for you. Um, do you, before we get started, do you have like a like an icebreaker trick or anything that you use? Um, yeah, actually, this is my standard trick that I do whenever I go to a show. I, you know, during COVID, had to kind of brainstorm and decided to come up with a virtual version. So typically, as you know, it's you have a deck of cards and you show someone a deck. So in this case, because you can't choose a card, I'll let you just name one out loud. Just so you're okay. happy, with so you could just give us a card. Okay, I'll, I'll be cliche and say the Ace of Hearts. 
Ace of Hearts. Okay, so I'm going to go into the deck. I actually do not know where it is. Uh, and I will work with your Ace of Hearts. There it is. So I have the Ace of Hearts here. Now, for this trick, usually, you know, people can choose the card. They could find it. But it's really, it really doesn't matter what card they choose. And the way that this works is we start with an Ace of Hearts. I'll move it. There we go. Gotcha. And you put it on top. It's easy to find when it's on top. So you slide it in the middle. And with one snap, it will come right back. Now, a lot of people think that I'm doing something there. So what I'm going to do is during this part where people accuse me of, you know, say cheating or sleight of hand, which some people would say is not magic, then normally I would let the audience member do it the second time. Because, again, we're virtual. It would look something like this. I would have the audience member cut anywhere they like. Would have them put the card back in the deck complete the cut and that's all it would take for that card to come right back cool now the last phase of this would be canceling out all you get accused of so when you do it the first time they say you're doing something it's sleight of hand it's not magic so i say how about you try it and they're like yes yes let me try it so as you see the second time they would do it and then the third time they say, okay, but technically you put the card there or I put the card there, but I didn't see the card. Maybe it wasn't the card. And, you know, that's a valid way. So the third part and the final phase of this is to show that it's actually the ace of hearts. So we take that ace of hearts, clear as day, right in view, and we push it in. Sure. We even, let me keep it in the frame. We even move it to about the middle like this. Okay. Push it in and you even show that it's not there yet. But all it takes is one snap. For that to come all the way up here. <laughs> For those of you listening audio on uh, Wednesday, um, he he go go check this out on YouTube. It's going to be up all week. Um, go check it out up on U- YouTube. It's it's definitely a a visual um, thing. We have uh, quite a few of our listeners that like to to listen audio when they're driving in their car. Um, when this releases audio on Wednesday, but go over to YouTube and go check that out. That was, that was awesome. Um, I have a question. Why isn't sleight of hand considered magic? Um, it, it is considered magic, but one of the things about magic is just the nuances of it. So for example, when you, when you start a show and you take out your deck of cards, there's going to be a million different people that will instantly say, I know how this is done. Okay. And there's millions in there's so many different card tricks in the world i can't even count how many but for people if they know one card trick they just associate that with that's what they're about to see so when you take out the cards everyone goes i already know this one and then you obviously do your trick and they realize they have no idea what you're doing and another thing with with magic is that reactions you get like sometimes people are like oh that's truly magical oh that's just sleight of hand like their rationale for how you do some of the things is just like which yes sleight of hand is a skill that you develop but to certain audiences they have that rationale to the point where oh it's not magic he just did sleight of hand which is a very vague statement given the vast variety that's like saying um it's like if someone's doing like a comedy routine right right and you know there's there's so many different components of comedy and there's so many different you know, types of jokes, you can make types of plays on words, types of stories, right? And and if something's funny, right, someone says something, everyone laughs, and someone just goes, oh, it's just comedy. Well, well, it's not really why everyone laughed. They didn't laugh because it's comedy. There was some component or a variety of components that made the joke funny. 
right? You right. can't just say a joke and expect people to laugh. I don't know if that's a good example, but it's kind of the same play. There's people that would just be like, that was just funny because it's comedy, which doesn't really explain why it's funny. But to them, that they know how, how you made that joke. They understand where the joke came from. It's just comedy. People laugh. So for sure. the same reason, people would be like, it's just sleight of hand. That's how he did a magic trick, which you know doesn't really reveal anything. But to them, it gives them that feeling that uh, they understand it completely. It just it's just sleight of hand. That's the reason. That's all they need to know, and they're content with that. They're not, you know, mind blown because they feel like they explained it, which at the same time has no explanation whatsoever. I was gonna say because it, it, a lot of magicians make a lot of fucking money uh, doing sleight of hand. Mm. Yes, yeah, there's so many, you know, tricks that are sleight of hand, but sleight of hand is, is like, it's like a, to- it's like a, a topic. For example, if you, you know, if you sneak a card away from the top like this, right. right? I snuck it from the top of the deck. Okay. I sneak, you know, if I do the same thing and I sneak a card from the bottom, that's the, that's, that's two different things. Sneaking a card from the top and sneaking from the bottom are two different moves, two different slights, but they're both sleight of hand. So to say something is sleight of hand doesn't, you know, give you an explanation. For example, in, in mentalism, which is another genre or I guess adjacent genre of magic, which I do is the illusion that you can read someone's mind. So if I had you think of something and then I plucked it out or made the illusion that I plucked it out of your mind, I guess everyone's like, oh no, he just, he just did mentalism. You know, the same way, there's a lot of different ways in which you can pull off a trick, a card trick, a magic trick, a mentalism effect that doesn't really give you any information. But to some people, just explaining it for the you know, category that it is, is enough for them to not feel like they were, you know, shook or boy, it's just, it's just magic or it's just sleight of hand. That's how he did it. It's, he did this, but again, sleight of hand, there's a million different things. There's ways to shuffle cards. There's ways to rearrange a deck, hide cards, palm cards, you know, vanish cards appear every single thing, you know, even just, you know, plucking a card out of thin air is already another type of sleight, but to them, sleight of hand is just one thing. And that's how it has right. to be done. So that's what I mean when they say sleight of hand is a ma- it is magic, but to them that's an explanation of how you did the trick, which doesn't really explain anything. And when you say them, you mean the audience? Yeah. So certain audience members um, okay. might just say like you know they know the term sleight of hand, they associate it with magicians. They're just like, oh, you just you just did sleight of hand. That's how you do it. And that might not even be true. There's a lot of different some tricks. You know, a lot of them do require sleight of hand, but there's there's a million tricks. There's tricks that don't need any skill whatsoever. And if you do a trick like that, where it's the cards are self-working, well, that's no sleight of hand at all. You know, anyone can do it, but people will say, oh, it's sleight of hand, everything's sleight of hand. But really, there's there's tricks that are, yes, yeah, sleight of hand, you practice, you, you have a skill. Some tricks that are just, they work on their own. They're self-working. Some tricks are, you know, mathematical. It doesn't matter what card it is, but if it's in this position and you move it this many times in this order, it's always going to end up third and you just know it's the third one psychological effects where you're not even relying on your moves your the experience with the person you're psychologically suggesting forcing or influencing them to derive a solution a card or an image you know the the possibilities are endless with the stuff but to most people it's all one thing and that's what they explain it as do you guys get hecklers all the time oh, I love okay it. yeah screw those guys you know, but uh, but it, it's it's a uh, you know it's a necessary evil to deal with. Oh, hecklers! I, I think hecklers are, are really good, actually. And obviously, no one wants hecklers, and it gets annoying. But but hecklers can be fun because you know if, if a heckler 
you know, calls you out on something sure. just to be a dick. Uh, well, that that's that's a good example for, you know, a newer magician or newer entertainer. You could be a comedian. You're going to have a heckler in comedy. Sometimes someone you know, says something. That's yeah. a really good opportunity for you as a performer, because one, that's a great place to practice crowd control. Right. If your material is sure. good and people are enjoying it, it's a great feeling. But that's not helping you improve. Right. It's those moments where you're you know, say you're a comedian, you're making a joke and someone says something interrupts you or that same thing. If you're a magician, someone wants to call you out. They think they don't that moment right there, how you improvise, how you play it off or how you handle that situation. That's a great way for you to grow as a person and account for, you know, you expected your show to go this way. This popped up. How do you handle it? That's a really good opportunity. I feel for people to grow if you're an entertainer and also funny, you know, maybe you prepare for those. So for me, I have tricks where if someone's going to try to call me out, I have something for them in that moment that I will pull yeah. out. It'll be very funny. Same thing. Like if you're a comedian, right? You, you make a joke and um, maybe you, you make a joke about like getting women and some, someone in the crowd has to yell, like you get no girls and you have something funny. That'd be so perfect because now it's an illusion that you wanted that to happen. So that's kind of magical on its own. You can yeah. play that as well so that gives you a new realm of entertainment right if he never said anything you could have never gotten this angle so it's a really cool opportunity hecklers in general they suck and that's not you know the type of person anyone want to be but i feel as a performer you should actually enjoy those moments because that's where you can get a new type of organic routine effect for comedians comedy uh a new type of way to present whatever you're doing that can't happen in the way you can't do it without a heckler so pivot it to your advantage I think it's a really fun angle to play on. That's a funny example that you brought up because I have an answer to that exact, you know, thing. I I, I have been accused of being a, um, you know, if you wanted to stereotype me, a a, a rage and fueled comic, you know, and uh, I have a, an exact uh, answer to uh, the oh you don't get any women. Well, I've got two kids, so somebody had sex with me twice. You know, at <laughs> That's least. That's great. That's so good. <laughs> you know, so uh, it usually gets that about that um, um, reaction. But I just because you know the the magicians that there's no. I mean, there are magicians at like your local open mic or, mm -hmm. or or things of that. But when if I were to go to like ten people on the street and say, "Hey, who's your favorite magician?" I guarantee you, most of them would say either David Blaine, mm -hmm. David Copperfield, mm -hmm. uh, Chris uh, Angel, or somewhere along along those lines, or Penn and Teller. Right. You know, some somewhere along those lines. But if you get into the clubs and you get into stuff like mentalism and you get into, you know, almost hypnosis, you know, things of that nature. Um, and then, you know, straight, you know, um, you know, card magic and, and, and traditional magic. Um, there, there are a lot of great people out there that no one's really ever heard of that, that right. do these amazing things. And I, I think I was talking to somebody the other day and say they were saying that now the thing is to create your own you know um dare i say tricks or, or routine you know or, or anything like that but what is what what do you consider magic what's magic to you to me magic is the it's the experience that someone else gets there's like i said there's a million different tricks you can do there's a million tricks that i know there's so many tricks i know and i'm never going to do i don't want to and that's just not my style it's 
just like a comedian, right? You have so many jokes you probably heard, and some of them are probably even funny, but they don't fit your set. Right. But what's like, you know, at the end of the day, if your audience walks away, you know, happy, excited, a moment that they've never experienced, then that's really, that's really magical. It's not about what trick I do. It's not about how cool it looked. It's not about how well I did. It's about that interaction that I have with them. So that when I walk away, if they really feel, if they feel like they saw something cool and like they liked what they did, no, that's not a bad, that's not a bad thing for someone to enjoy what you did, but that's not magical, right? There's a lot of cool things people see, but if they walk away feeling truly, you know, astounded, astonished, or inspired even if i can excite those types of emotions that's magical and it doesn't necessarily come down to doing a trick it's just finding the right moments for the right people for example if you and me went out to lunch or dinner and maybe i knew you're a soup guy right i know you really like soup you're probably going to order the soup this place is famous for soup of course you're going to get it and i notice you don't have a spoon instead of and instead of pointing it out to you I somehow, or maybe I get up and I go and grab an extra spoon or I just hold on to an extra spoon because I know at some point you're going to need it. And you don't notice that there's no spoon and the menu comes, you look at it, you see the soup that you've been dying to have and you order the soup. You're so excited. The waiter brings it over to you. You get the soup and now you're so excited to eat that soup and now there's no spoon. And you're like, wow, I have no spoon. And suddenly I'm like, I have a spoon for you. That moment as simple as that sounds, that feels like true magic because you're so excited sure. for the soup. You don't have a spoon. That spoon would just appear. That feels that feels un- impossible. That feels just how because you had a need and I and I solved it for you. As simple as one spoon because you need to eat soup. But that moment that you will feel, and I promise anyone that's listening that says that's not what I would feel. If you really wanted that soup and you were really excited and you did not have a spoon and someone just gave it to you, you would feel amazing. I don't even lie. You know you would. And those types of moments, that's kind of in a very simple form, but that's what I want to transition to when I perform. What kind of magic I want to, what I think is real magic. That feeling you would get when if you really were hungry for a, for a soup you've been craving and you didn't have a spoon, that moment you felt when someone gives you a spoon, that's the sure. real magic moments I would want people to feel. I think anybody in entertainment, that's a really, really, really good analogy for anybody that's in entertainment. You know that that wants to enter, entertain, um, you know, one way or another. Um, I, I, that that's awesome, dude. I'd never heard that, um, but that that's that's awesome. So, what's the first trick that you learned, man? My story is pretty unique. A lot of people usually grow up with a magic kit that they liked, watching Penn and Teller or someone on TV, something in their childhood, or seeing a magician live, and that just. That moment was so crazy to them that they sure. wanted to learn magic. That for me, I didn't really have any of that. I really got into magic like three years ago, very randomly. I was on a trip to Italy, and back then, planes weren't as advanced, so Wi-Fi on planes and TVs weren't as popular. You really didn't have that kind of entertainment options as you do these days. And so for me, I'm thinking, what would I do on a six and a half hour plane ride if I can't fall asleep? And I didn't really like reading. I, I think a lot of people would jump to bring a book with you. I wasn't a big reader, so that's out of the question. So if you can't use electronics and you can't read and you can't sleep, what are you going to do for six and a half hours in a seat? And my thing was, I need something to play with or fidget with. So I grabbed a deck of cards with me, not thinking anything of it. And I'm playing around with them just like a normal person would. I don't do magic. I don't know any tricks. But as I'm playing through, like a lot of cards have designs. Like you see these cards have this really cool black design, nice colorations and like because of that, these like the queen kind of looks like a ghost. There's so many sure. different designs. Like on my wall right here, 
and I have a whole wall of decks. It's all normal decks, but because of the different designs, the colors are different. The faces, Jack of Spades on this deck looks like a ghost. On that one, it's going to look different. And I, I was playing around with it, and I had an idea for a trick. I noticed that on one of the jacks on the deck I had, like in this deck, you can see it's kind of just like kind of lines across um, his collar. Correct. On the deck I had, these lines were hearts. And there were three of them. And I had this thought, what if I could somehow get people to choose a three of hearts? And when I show them the jack, they're going to say, no, jack is not three. But then I would ask them to look closer at the collar because I would just find a reason to justify why you should look at a collar. And then they okay. would look at it closer and they would see one heart, or they would see one heart, two heart, three hearts. And they would associate there's three hearts there. They chose the three of hearts and maybe they would get good reactions out of it. So the idea came to me. I land in Italy and I wanted to test it out. I started walking around the streets doing a lot of street magic to people that don't speak English and I don't speak Italian. But every single time the trick got very good reactions. And so that was my first ever trick. Nice. Nice. Do you um, fancy yourself more as a, a, a card magician or? Um, yeah, I would say a lot of my stuff is card and general magic. For me, like I said, that moment of soup is, I always think of like moments, you know, I'm at a club, I'm at a venue, I'm thinking what would be very cool. And I look around and I choose really any objects. I do a lot of card stuff, mainly because I always have a deck of cards on me and I carry it. That's how I open my shows. There's a lot of effects I know with them, but I do magic. You know, in my normal show, I'm going to have tricks with cards. I'm going to have tricks with, with pens, coins, rings. I have just about every object. So I would be a mix of a card magician, but mainly I, I'm just a magician. I use a lot of props and they're not like anything. Someone can give me their ring. Someone can give me their business card, their credit card, a bill in their wallet. I do tricks with a variety of miscellaneous objects. Sometimes I just come up with stuff on the spot. So for me, it's it's a mix of the cards because I'm going to have them with me anyway. And then whatever I see at the venue, I go. Maybe it's an open bar. Maybe I'll do a trick with, with some of the alcohol. Maybe one of the brands sponsoring the event, you know, sells like vodka. Maybe I'll make shots appear out of their vodka. Maybe I'll do something like that. So I'm always brainstorming in the moment magic with what's around me, my surroundings, which makes me more of a general magician, miscellaneous type of stuff but the cards are always something that I'm going to have with me and I'm going to do a lot. So cards, mentalism, and general magic would be my three main categories. So we're not, we're not cutting anybody in half. Uh, no, I, I do stage. Yes. I perform um, stage shows, but not as much. Most of the people that book me and most of the events I'm typically doing are, are very uh, focused on a certain thing. So an event usually has, special guests coming you know weddings obviously around the bride and the groom a lot of the things that i kind of not i don't want to do stage shows in those moments because i want the attention to stay on the guests i don't want that moment of everyone look at me it's my turn i want you to enjoy the bride and the groom if it's their wedding you to enjoy the, the guest if it's you know their event or their party and i'm just gonna you know work my way through the room and do my own things but song people in half is definitely a stage thing it's fun right. to do um expensive honestly it's probably sure. the main reason why i don't really like doing it it's just the expenses of getting it carrying it setting it up moving it around and actually doing it it's a lot of nuances sure um i you know i find when you do special events specifically if they are uh situated around one person 
like a birthday or I mean, I, I uh, just did a wedding a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, for for us, they're kind of difficult because, you know, everybody, everything's centered around that one person. But I did a, a kid's birthday once, not as a comic. I told you, I started, I, I dabbled in magic a little bit mm-hmm. and found that they, that, that that was my audience for that stuff because they were easily uh, um, fooled. But um, And I'm going to try to talk in code here because I don't want to really give anything away. Mm-hmm. But um, if you are familiar, I know you are, with the um, with this, Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. You know, um, would you call that probably one of the most basic magic tricks out there? Uh, actually, I would say no, because it's very common in a lot of okay. magic. That's one of the first things people learn. That's one of that. But um, that's one of the things is people call that a magic trick. And right. in reality, it's not. It's actually a utility device. And the reason for okay. that being is a magic trick is, you know, like when I first, what, the first thing I did today, I did a trick, right? right. That trick is how it's is how it always looks. I can't um, do that same thing differently. Um, in theory, I could, but the idea is a trick is a trick. That coded message is that's right. a prop, but that prop can be used for a lot of different tricks. So in the in the most common ways that you do for kids and the one the the applications of that for kids, that's yeah, you know, it's pretty common. You could do different things. People usually use coins, silks, bills, but there's so many different tricks you could do with that. And as, as you become more advanced in magic or, or learn or use your own ideas and be creative, you could do a lot of things with it. Things that like, I would use that for, you know, any age, not just kids. I'll use it on even people that know what it is. I can, I have lots of effects that I can do on people who even know what it is and they would never even suspect it. So with that, I think it's yes, in the application that you, likely used it for and of course i didn't see what you used it for but i would make a guess that's one of the most basic tricks but at the same time that thing is it's like a holy grail there's so many cool things that you could do with it and as magic grows and as everything grows and technology grows there's only going to be more effects made i think that that's also a very advanced thing too and depending on which routines you choose to use with it will depend on how basic you're going with it i'm pretty sure a handkerchief was evolved but you probably already knew that uh, we get, we do have a comment. Um, our friend uh, uh, Jay Jones he asked, "With card tricks, is it more tricking the person, manipulating the deck, or just having extreme knowledge of the cards that you are using?" So I would say none of those. And uh, thank you, DJ Jay Jones, for the question. Um, the first thing I ever say is when I do shows, there are always people like, "Oh, you're not going to trick me, actually," and I always tell them, "That's fine. My goal." As a magician, I'm not trying to trick anyone. I don't want to fool anyone. I don't want you to feel dumb. I don't want you to feel stupid because you're not. Just because you don't know how a trick is done does not make you dumb or stupid or anything less of what you are before I began. What it is, I'm here to entertain you. That's what I am. I'm an entertainer. I don't care if you figure out how a trick is done. I don't care if you think you know how it's done. I don't care if you – well, I care if you like it. (laughs) That's really all I care. I want you to just enjoy it. So I'm not tricking anyone. I'm – straightforward with what i'm doing with what i'm performing and i want to do it with the hope of at the end of the day you enjoy it in terms of manipulating the deck no it's not about manipulating deck some tricks do involve that you have to manipulate the deck maybe you need a a specific card in a specific location maybe you know maybe you need some kind of setup maybe you need something prepared a certain way and 
when you start the trick, it might not be set up. So you need that manipulation, use some of your skills to get in the position you're ready to. But that the manipulation comes down to the effect. If you're doing an effect that needs the cards manipulated in a certain way, then yes. But there's a lot of effects that you know are free. Like the first trick I showed, if you see for anyone listening and watching the live version or see the, the video, that's a free effect. I don't need to manipulate the cards. A person can take any card. It doesn't matter. The cards can be in any order. It doesn't matter. And I will do that trick. So manipulating the deck comes down to the trick you're doing. There will be tricks where you might need it manipulated, and that's okay. If you choose one of those, then yes. And then you don't need extreme knowledge of the deck. <laughs> a lot of routines are very, they're very free and open and organic. You could use any deck and any order, and it doesn't matter. So you don't need to trick anyone. Just, if you're trying to trick someone, that's probably already a bad sign. You want to entertain them. That's the first thing. You're not using extreme knowledge of decks. A lot of tricks are very simple. You could learn a trick in 10 minutes and that's, and that could be a very great trick. If you do it and people really enjoy it, it's phenomenal. So no manipulating unless you need to, no extreme knowledge needed at all. And you're not tricking anyone. Um, while we're talking about decks, um, what are your thoughts on say, and people can Google this, so I'm just going to say it. Um, what are your thoughts on say a Svengali deck? Sure. Svengali decks are, they're awesome. Uh, one of the things with magic nowadays and technology is a lot of things are out on the internet. There's a lot of tutorials. Sure. There's a lot of people who know what a Svengali deck is. So it's now, you know, now that there's more people aware of what it is, it's a little more year of caution that, you know, you go do a trick because you can't, you can't turn back. If you go and do a trick with that, and someone calls you out on a Svengali, you can't switch to a normal deck afterwards. Once they're like, oh, you, know, you suck, you have a Svengali deck, that's over for you. You can't take another deck and go because they don't care. And they'll be right. convinced that every deck you have is Svengali, even if it's not. So you got to be a little more careful nowadays. But even with the Svengali, there's still, you know, Magic is such a niche entertainment. People have not seen Magic Live. They see it on TV. Maybe, you know, a lot of people don't know what that is. Right. And so it's a very great, you know, the routines you can do with it, the effects you can do with it, again, are kind of like the first item that we talked about. There's a lot of really cool stuff you can do with it. I think that, I think it's a great item. I usually don't carry too many around with me. I probably will here and there just for new content that I want to put up and post and some new stuff that I want to perform. But it's really just as an entertainer, you got to, we're, as magicians, we're aware that people know what that is nowadays, but at the same time, we're aware that someone knowing a magic prop is so niche at the same time because no one's looking up all this magic stuff. So I think they're great. I think they're awesome. I don't use them enough. I feel like I should use them more. I do really like them. Not something I would carry to most of my gigs, but I love the things. They're like seven bucks. They're very cool. And if someone wants, you know, someone listening is interested in doing a really cool magic trick in like 10 minutes for your friends or your family, I would say buy one. for t If you have $10, they're not even 10 bucks. Get them for like six or seven and free shipping. Get one, play around with it. They're very, very cool. So I love those things. Do you know who Dan Harland is? Yes. I said okay. Um, so you're familiar with his or with the website he's affiliated with called Penguin Magic? Yes. Okay. So um, again, I don't, you know, there, there's kind of a code to entertainers that I don't want to give anything away. But um, a number of years ago, um, a, a audience member of mine was asking you know about magic and again i'm i'm a, I'm a very novice but but i kind of watch stuff and and i'm pretty um aware because i'm sure like 
when you watch another magician perform mm -hmm. similar as to when I watch a comic perform, we watch them differently than normal people. You right. know, normal people watch them to be entertained. We're watching for different things, mm -hmm. you know, um, me specifically, you know, stage presence, things like that, how they operate the microphone, how they pause, you know, timing, stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so there was a trick and, and, and I've got a point here, just takes me a second sometimes to get to it. Mm -hmm. um, there was a trick where uh, the guy picks a card, he signs a card. And then it appears in his wallet, which is in his back pocket. Yes. Um, I understand there's probably a gimmick, dare I say, use that word to that, um, maybe. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, I mean, we're not teleporting things here and people get that. But maybe we are. I don't know. Um, but do you use any like you called them props, you know, I mean, is that a prop trick not to give away the trick? Because um, it's a fabulous, if you could do that to somebody like at a bar or a restaurant mm -hmm. or somebody like that, to where you make something that they signed up here and something that you've never touched before. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, I think it's a, it's a wonderful, um, it, it's just a wonderful piece of entertainment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do carry props and gimmicks sometimes. It's again, which tricks I want to do. Sometimes I'll just do, you know, a full organic show. I might not carry anything on me, but a deck of cards and just sure. do tricks with whatever I find around. For that trick specifically, a card getting signed and appearing in a wallet or in a possible location, that's a very, very old, old trick of magic. It's one of the probably oldest, most popular tricks. And so it's it's yes and no in terms of is it a gimmick or not and the reason for that being is that's one of those effects that you could do a lot of different ways there's a lot of different people doing that trick and they all perform it differently so as you know a comic watches another comic as a magician you would have to watch the performance itself to decide which method is he using to pull off that effect and so there are versions of it where it's gimmick you have you know something you need to buy and keep it prepared but at the same time there's versions where you can give me any deck of cards. You could take a deck off your bookshelf if you have one. You pick any card you like, you sign it, and I can do that same routine. So you could do it non-gimmicked. You can do it gimmicked. The only difference is which one you prefer as a performer. So see if you agree with this. Somebody told me a long time ago that when a magician is performing and he says, hey, look here, the, the actual trick has already been done. Uh, most cases, there's definitely a lot of, of that where, you know, they say, look one way or lose something else. They're not always doing something somewhere else. They might've already done the dirty work or the secret work as it's called. I, it depends on the trick. Sometimes, you know, there's no dirty work at all. So when they tell you to look at something, maybe it hasn't been done yet. Maybe it has, it gets kind of, um, depends on how they're playing out the effect, what the effect is and what, you know, what they're trying to accomplish in that moment. But there's everything. There's cases where nothing's been done, something's been done, or maybe nothing needs to be done at all. Uh, but in, in terms of like a lot of these things that we talk about, it's so vague that there's um, there's an avenue for each one where you're doing something, you're not doing something, or it doesn't matter. And so it's like a case-to-case -case thing. you got to see it specifically to tell. Like people ask me, how did this guy do this trick? And they tell me about the trick. I tell them, I don't know how he did the trick. And it's not that I don't know how he did I know the trick they're talking about. I do it all the time. But if you ask me how a specific person is doing it without showing me the them doing it, then I have no clue. Because on my side, 
I have like six different ideas of how he did it. And the one I do is not necessarily the one he does. I have to see which one he's doing. And the only way I could tell is literally watching it. So um, it's very, very a vague thing without like for a magician to see. And, no, and like any magician would tell you, if you ask a magician to explain how someone did this trick, unless it's a very, very specific trick that has only one way of being done, they won't know unless they watch it. You know, when I go see a magician, I, I don't want to know. You know, I want to be entertained. That's why I pay my money to go, go see a magician, except for this one damn trick. And I can't find it. Whoever is running the magic tricks on Google or YouTube has done a really, really, really good job of putting out either misinformation on how to do this. Because the one thing I, I, I tried it and it didn't work mm-hmm. and um, is that damn Russian doll trick. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, With, where they... Um... They Go start ahead. pulling all kinds. They start pulling all kinds of stuff, you know, out of that thing in uh, with the with the with the, with the bottles and, and all that good stuff. Um, I saw it done uh, here uh, in 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 Florida, and I, I immediately went home. I looked it up. I'm, I'm googling it. Nothing. Mm-hmm. YouTube. So you're saying, nothing. Um, so so there's a few Russian doll tricks that came out. Are you saying the one where they had like three and they're putting something in, and then suddenly later on they open and now there's something else under it, and they just more items just keep appearing under them kind of like cups. Well, well there there's that and then mm-hmm. there's one with like the russian doll bottles or whatever yeah, where there's three the yeah there's three and then there's like 10 and then there's like one yeah i mean I, oh I kinda, like multiplying and then disappearing and yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i kind of i kind of get the concept of it but then um you know they, they pull somebody out and no one no one can ever tell me or convince me that when somebody is pulled out of the uh, of the audience that they're not a plant, mm-hmm. you know, um, because I just I just I just think they are. I, I was at a Copperfield show in Vegas and he started throwing Frisbees in the field or in the audience to pick people at random, you know, and I, sw- I swear to God, those Frisbees are remote controlled, <laughs> you know, and uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But. But, um, but you know, when they start pulling people and they start inspecting things and, and, and all that good stuff, unless they pull the person next to me who came with me, you know, I'm not believing it. Yeah, you know, because think, uh, definitely there's not not stooges in these shows. And if there are, then the person's a very, very bad. There are people there are people that they may have selected or like may have wanted to be the person to come up. But that doesn't make that person a stooge. A stooge is someone that's completely in on it. Um, sometimes magicians do, and I'm not going to go into detail, but there's, sure. there's stages to a show. There's a, there's a topic called pre-show. And so before the show begins, a magician might do something to help for his show later. And that might come as simple as maybe he had a conversation, an innocent conversation with that person or something along those lines, something that happened before the show. Now that person is unaware that anything happened. Or anything dumb. So they're completely innocent, just like you and everyone else. But to the magician, he may have planted a seed that's going to grow later in the show. There's methods of that. There's a lot of things. Again, it depends on the performer, the show, the routine. But that can be the case is that a performer on stage did specifically want certain people, but not because they're stooges, because they know that that person's likely to help them pull the effect they want from either prior preparations or something like that but that person themselves is completely in on it and they're going to be just as you know shocked as everyone else. the reactions aren't fake the props aren't fake the person's actually 
just like anyone else. He's wanting to see a show. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He's looking at these props just like you would examine them, looking for any flaws or nuances or caveats. But at the end of the day, um, it may be the case that that person was not planned initially, but at some point the entertainer decided that would be the perfect person to have up on stage. And whatever the reasons are, that could, again, that's a plethora of reasons why someone might be perfect. Even as simple as, you know, right now I see you're wearing glasses. Uh-huh. Sometimes people, there's, there's tricks where people want specifically someone wearing glasses. They don't care about anything else but the fact that you're wearing glasses. And so they can't choose anyone in the audience that's not wearing glasses. And if they don't see you wearing glasses, that's a gamble. Saying like, hey, sir, ma'am, do you have glasses on you? They'll choose you because they see you wearing them. That might make you a perfect target for a specific trick. So there's a lot of different things you might need. Do you, I know you, you probably have a, a go-to um, um, card trick. Uh, yeah, my go-to is the one I showed you at first. That's okay. my go-to in the sense that that's always my opener. That's what I like starting off every show with. When I go to my shows, the first people I see, the groups I walk to, that's how I how I open up my show. I start with that. And then from there, what I do next, I have no, I never have a, a go-to second trick. After that first trick, I go into anything I want, but that's usually the very first thing I start with in most cases. And again, if you want to, if you want to see the magic trick, kick on over to YouTube. If you listen to audio on uh, Apple or Google or Spotify or wherever, um, go over there. Um, we do have the uh, listener text line open 305-563-2342 that comes through here. But uh, if, if you're listening now, then you're, you're on YouTube uh, because this hasn't been released yet. Um, what, do you have a go-to when it comes to mentalism mm-hmm. and, and and i'm interested in that because that has to deal with the human brain yes and and do you have like a go-to i don't want to use the word trick because it's not really a trick what, what's the word that you guys use yeah, you can use a mentalism trick a fact routine they're all interchangeable in a way okay do you have a go-to one that you could do for us tonight or uh, yeah this is one of my most popular ones uh in my shows when i'm doing mentalism so i could show you here let me grab a i'll grab a pen um for those asking ordinary pen and paper this trick is just something i just need something to write with and some some place to write it down so okay it does not matter um it really does not matter what you could hand in in real life you could hand me a pen and a paper from your you know desk and you'll be fine but the way this works is I'm going to write a prediction. I'm going to make sure that I see this. Let's keep this in frame. I'll pick it up when I start writing. But okay. I'll give you categories. So when I do this trick, I usually have a few different ways. I actually have a lot of different categories. But to keep it simple, I'll just give you a few a few that we can work with, anyone you want. We can do groceries or celebrities or beverages or movies. Which one would you like to work with? Movies. Movies. Okay, so we're going to do movies. I'm going to make a prediction. So I'm going to keep it in frame as I write. So I have this three of hearts, just the closest thing for me. Okay. And I'm going to write Keb will choose. And then I'm going to write a movie down. Uh, we'll choose and I'll show that's actually what I'm writing. And then now underneath, I'm going to write the name of a movie, but I don't want you to see it until the end. Sure. Right now, there's a bunch of people listening, thinking that they know which movie that you wrote down. <laughs> well, I I don't know. I hope that'd be even cool if this. So I'm going to fold this up. Okay. And I'm just going to leave it 
in sight. And I do need to talk, so I'll probably just sure. I'll just put it over my ear, um, just so okay. it's as as close to frame as possible. But at the same time, I my hands and arms are free. And in my phone, we're talking about movies. I have a list of movies. There's a hundred different movies in it. Okay. What I would like you to do. And the reason I write this down before I started explaining the trick is so you don't think I'm using any information you gave me. You haven't okay. said anything. You haven't told me anything. So I can't use that to influence what's on my ear. Gotcha. I have a hundred different movies and I, and they're numbered one, two, all the way down. And they're all different. And I'll show you that in a moment. What okay. we're going to do is you're going to give me any number one to 100. We're going to open up the list. We're going to go to your number and whatever movie is next to your number, that's the one you get. So please give me any number one to 100. 67 67 now some people listening or watching might think that that's the number i wanted you to select so to explain that that is not the case and this is generally a few choice a free choice i must give you the option do you want to stick to 67 or do you want to change your mind uh, i want to stick with 67 sticking with 67 okay so here we go i'm going to show my notes hopefully there's not too much of a big glare okay okay and i have notes right here i might even this way that might make it easier oh that's much better oh yeah this, this is my notes and i have this list uh 100 greatest movies do you see that i do and it's not numbered by like which one's the best. it's just a hundred different ones so it's not so number one is the godfather it's not saying the godfather is the best ever these are just a hundred very popular famous ones sure and you see that number two is shawshank redemption then we got schindler's list raging bull casablanca all very all very popular movies. And you see Correct. that they're all different. So if you said any number like here, if we said 27, you would have gotten Dr. Strange Love, And then all the way to 100. So if you said like 99, you would have gotten North by Northwest. So you got a lot of different movies here. All popular. Okay. Your number was 67? Correct. Okay. Please remember number 67 for me. You got it? Okay. I got, got it. it. Yeah. Now, before we began, before you said any number, before anything, I made a prediction right here. Okay. Now, you said 67. You saw what was number 67, correct? Correct. I wrote a prediction. What was number 67 for the audience? The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. Wow. Perfect. Wow. The Wizard of Oz. Okay. Okay. Uh, I have no freaking clue how you did that, but <laughs> I'm sure I gave it away somehow. Or is there, you know, I'm gonna do like the the normal thing. Is there something something behind me that that said uh, Wizard of Oz on there? No, no you know, but we uh, gotta do wow. like a, I found this in my room cleaning, so I'm yeah. gonna use it now. We did that the trick. Give a nice a round of applause. I found nice. this little machine. We do we do a lot of uh, I, I do a lot of um, trivia sometimes and and when I'm talking to sports guys or comics or I mean we talk to all kind of people and I have this thing you know when they when they get it wrong awesome. yeah um, I realized like this machine I bought it as like a toy a long time ago and I was cleaning my room and I found it. I was like with all the like the the stuff I do now on video whether it's like virtual magic shows or Omega content or podcast I should use it it's funny <laughs> sure sure. Um, do you do a lot of mentalism or stuff like that in, in your shows or is it more stuff to, to visual? Uh, yeah, I like to incorporate mentalism as much as I can. I think it, it varies on the show. Sometimes people will hire magicians and say, hey, like, I want you to come and only do mentalism or I want you to come and do magic or I want you to come and do both. So for me, it's it's a mix. I like doing things again. I like making it personal. So in that case, you know, movies is 
is personal, not super personal to you. I don't know if you're a movie buff, but I started I with am. a bunch of categories, right? I could have just chosen one of those lists and just used that. But I gave you the option of which one sure. you want to go. So it's because your decision, I'm already kind of catering it towards you. You would you preferred movies out of everything else that I had. So we went with sure. movies. And you kind of play around with those ideas of what would someone like. I, I know you're a comic now. So now yeah. I've had more routines or stuff to do live. I would maybe play on that. What do I know about comedy? What do I know comics do? What do I know comedians like? Stuff like that. People that are in real estate, people that are chefs, you know, chefs, maybe I'll do something with groceries, right? Props, like food would be fun. Making food appear, making ingredients appear or guessing their favorite dish, stuff like that. So I kind of cater that towards what people would might enjoy the most. So, um, yeah, I, I did my due diligence on you. Watched all your videos, and mm -hmm. and 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 uh, I think I went through Instagram and YouTube and TikTok, mm -hmm. and, and and all this good stuff, and saw that you do a lot of magic tricks for some some pretty notable people. Yes, you know, and um and and so is the term celebrity magician not that you're a celebrity magician but that you do magic tricks for celebrities or where did that all come um, about i think it's both honestly because when i first started doing when i first got the term and the turn the term came from there was a article written about me in a publication called new york weekly i, I read it and, and their their you know headline was celebrity magician josh paley and they talked about just in general the magic that i do i, I believe it mentioned some of the names i did but it wasn't going off saying I've done so many different, it was just talking about how I am a very unique asset in nightclubs. I do a lot of nightclub magic. I do a lot of hospitality related stuff in venues that people wouldn't, you know, when you're, when you're a nightclub owner, you don't think we need a magician. When you're in restaurant owner, you might think a magician, but you don't, you know, put that on your first list when you're like, how do I run a restaurant? What do I need for an event? You think of, you know, your staff, your waiters, your servers, all that stuff. You don't think magician. almost everything I do is no one ever thinks magician first. Once the magician idea is in their mind, then they're like, I like it and it would be great and it works. And so that article brought out that I'm a celebrity magician. And I was like, wow, like that's that's how the you know the media sees me. That's that's kind of what I've been pushing. That's my brand. And now since that article came out, there's been like that article came out about like five months ago was that first one. And I think since then there's been like 20 or maybe maybe 17 or 18 more than 15 maybe not 20 yet articles and i've been featured on new york weekly yahoo bloomberg fox cbs a lot of big places and they all use that term celebrity so i realized that i'm a celebrity in that sense and i guess sure. some people would say maybe you're not that famous that's okay i guess everyone has their definition of what a celebrity is but for me if they're calling me that and you know, people are recognizing my work, my videos. A lot of people say, I've seen this video before when I show them, like someone was like, show me one of your favorite videos you made. And they're like, oh, I've seen this before. That's a cool moment. When I'm, you know, some in random place or a crowded place or anywhere and someone comes up and recognizes me, that's kind of cool. So I do have that happen. And then, like you said, there's also a lot of notable people, a lot of celebrities that I perform for. So I think the celebrity term goes to both. Me and myself as a celebrity, because I have an audience, fan base, a lot sure. of you know, press written about me and it's growing by the day. At the same time, I meet a lot of people who have made a lot of more press, a lot more famous or on their run. They have, you know, their movie stars, actors, singers, rappers, everything. So I think the celebrity term goes into both those avenues for myself. 
Yeah, I mean, you seem to be on a lot of lists. I'm on a lot of lists too, but like kind of like the no fly list, and uh, you know the the, uh, the the Catholics have it out for me, you know, and, and things of that nature. But what's the uh, you you brought up restaurant? Mm-hmm. And if a restaurant, I knew I knew a restaurant manager one time that did this. I thought it was ingenious. Um, he uh, it was like a busy day, like like Valentine's Day or something like that. He knew he was going to be on a wait. He knew that maybe people sitting down were going to wait a little longer for their uh, their food. So what he did is he hired a magician to go around to the tables. And if people didn't have their food yet, they were he, they were to basically occupy them, you know, and I, I thought that that was genius. Have you have you done anything like that? Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. Restaurants hire me to go around table to table and do my stuff and it's you know brilliant it's not just when for example even valentine's day i actually do have a show next week on valentine's day at a restaurant nice. that's sold out for that very reason it's it's beautiful because when you go to a restaurant right you're excited to eat you're excited to have you know whatever food you might have heard of people might have recommended or just to have food you might just be hungry sure and then you're excited to go you're excited when the food comes here then there's that gap of when you're waiting for your food which isn't always pleasant especially if the restaurant's backed up and for me as a magician i'm that perfect bridge because I will come to your table, I will perform for you. You're gonna love it, you're gonna enjoy it. And by the time I finish, your food is gonna come. And like, yep. I make people forget that they're waiting on their food. That's yeah. the beauty. So now the experience goes from excited, waiting, excited again, to excited nonstop. It's like a full circle that doesn't break. And so I am the perfect person to be used for that. They come in excited about the restaurant. They have this entertainment that they love from the restaurant and they love the food. It's like. It's basically taking the restaurant's experience, which maybe the food's really good. It's a five-star restaurant, but maybe the wait was a little long. So on that day, these people want to give it four stars. And it's bringing that four stars up to six stars because it's going above and beyond. Not only are they getting delicious food and everything, but they also have entertainment they didn't expect, which is an X factor that just kind of pushes that restaurant over the top compared to other places people may have visited. So, you know, there's a question that I really like um, that I ask a lot of people when they do specific things like, uh, like, like for me, I truly believe in the healing power of laughter. And I, I think that mm-hmm. it's almost like a superpower to be able to make somebody laugh. Um, wh- how can people use maybe magic in their own life, everyday life, um, to, to better the world or some shit like that? I think that comes down to just just being creative. You know, like some people would say, oh, I'm not a creative person or I'm not this or I'm not that. And then I think that's not true. I think a lot of things that people do in their daily lives are just so minimal to themselves that they don't consider it. For example, look at my room. I have so much done. Like I had this like space. I put a bunch of decks on it. It's not really anything crazy. It's not hard to put a deck on a wall and it looks very right. cool. And a lot of, and like, for me, it feels like, no, but some people say, oh, that was so creative. That's such a good, and like the same thing with a lot of people, you know, different ways, you know, things you do when you set up your room, right? You're not trying to be the Mona Lisa or the, the next best art gallery, but you set your stuff up in a very cool way. And that's, you know, that's creative, but you might not think you're a creative person. If you put something up your own way, that's, that's your own version of it. You're creative. And I think that to make magic in your life is just to kind of look back at the little things that you do. Things you don't even notice to do, like maybe organizing, cleaning. I'm going to like the most basic stuff and just acknowledging that if someone else had to do the same thing, 
same room, same items, same stuff, it would look completely different than what you have it set up. No one would make it exactly identical. And for that reason, you're you're unique, you're creative. And so looking at in that aspect, right? Like everything you do from the simplest things to the more complex things is your own version and your own way that just remember, like if you're going through something, only you can get through it, right? And the way you're going to get through it is a way that no one else has. And so pushing yourself to be creative, showing others, right? You don't see yourself as creative, but you could point out the creativity in others and vice versa. And so like pointing things out for other people that might not be so obvious to them and honestly usually aren't, might be something that makes them reconsider how they're doing things, which makes make them think about things differently, which might change their mindset, which might, you know, make them happy, make them smile because things that they took advantage of, took for granted or didn't really appreciate might turn into things where they're looking back and like, wow, I really did all this stuff. And now the whole angle is much more positive and moving forward, they continue that mindset. You know, it could be a very powerful thing. So is there a secret to either magic or mentalism? Like, can anybody do it? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is people are like, I could never be a magician. And that's not true. I think every can, can everyone be a working magician? No. But can everyone be a magician? Yes. Can everyone be a working mentalist? No. Can everyone be a mentalist? Yes. Because all it takes is to be a magician. All you need is one trick. And I and I generally mean that. If you go on YouTube right now and Google any teach me a magic trick and whatever videos pop up, if it takes 10 minutes to watch the tutorial and learn it, and then you right then and there can go and do it, you're a magician. That's all it takes. You're a hobbyist and you enjoy it and you know magic, but you are a magician. And I would consider you one. I don't know what other magicians would, but I don't care what other magicians think. Right. And so I think that that to be someone like me who does this for a living, to get shows, there's a lot more that goes into that, obviously. The skill, the practice, the time. Not that might not be fair. But to just be one, yes, I think you just go out. And I think that's what people don't realize. When they compare themselves to people that do things like, oh, I could never be a yoga instructor. Yeah, you probably don't want to put 200 hours in for that, but you could do yoga, right? You can go to a class. I could never be a dancer. You could maybe not for a living, but you can go to dance classes and learn some moves. With every single thing that people do, you can be a skier, a dancer, a singer. You might not be doing it for a living, and you might not make, make your living off of it, but you can become any of those things. What sure. if you can sing a song? How does that not make you a singer? If you can do a, a choreograph a choreographed dance, how does that not make you a dancer? Right? If you could do a magic, why wouldn't you be a magician for that? Right? So people people have this like gap between comparing themselves to professionals and saying, oh, I can never, you're, yes, you can't be a professional in it per se. Maybe that's not for you, but you could be, you know, the person, that type of, you know, event. And you, anyone can be a comedian. If you have some jokes, you might not be a good one. That's, that's very different, but you could be, if you have some jokes, you're a comedian. If you have some moves, you're a dancer. If you have some songs you can sing, then you're a singer. You know, it, there's, it doesn't matter what your level. It's about if you do it or you can do it, then you're, why can't you consider yourself one? You know, you don't need to compare yourself to anyone else. You just need to do what you enjoy. What do you like? Every entertainer has something that uh, they like to specifically communicate, no matter no matter what they do. I mean, I don't care if you're Louis C.K. I don't care if you're Joel Olstein. Um, mm-hmm. You know that that's going to be. I'm going to get some tweets about that one tomorrow. <laughs> um, but um, you know, if you're on a stage, you're in front of people. I don't care who you are. A lot of uh, everybody's got some sort of um, story or or something that they want to communicate, mm-hmm. um, some theme to their act. Um, what's yours? Mine is like 
I think mine is just do it. Uh, you know, my brand right now is it's very strong. It's, you know, I have, I have a good reputation, a lot of great shows and a lot of success. But when I first started it, like that plane ride in Italy, I learned one card trick and I literally sure. just went with that one card trick and instantly tried to do it all. I tried to get shows, I tried to do this and it worked. Somehow I found people that wanted to hire. They weren't, you know, the, the crazy luxurious shows that I have now, but I got shows booked back then when I didn't have the expertise as a business, as a magician, as anything. And I did it. And now, you know, I kept with it. And now I'm doing very well. I think that my goal is to like, to remind people, like, I'm doing so well. Like, you like when I, where I'm at. When I started, I was pushing myself, saying I was at this level when I wasn't. And now I am. I think that my message is just go for it. Literally do it. Why not? You know, it's not life or death. If you don't do it, that's okay. And you just be okay with that. But imagine that you do do it. How awesome would that feel? You know, and the only sure. way to do it is by trying. If you wait, if you wait later, then it's not going to be the same thing. Go, go today, do something today. Why not? Now, most of, I know we're running out of time here, but most of your um, tricks I I gather are custom. Yes. Yes. Like you didn't like take one, like an old one you saw for YouTube and just like kind of change this and that. And yeah, so I can, I, I don't know if it's the same in, the magician realm but like uh i don't know if you've uh you, you follow people like carlos mencia or some like or uh, dane cook who have been accused of stealing jokes mm. you know that's uh kind of a no-no uh in our realm and i didn't know if, if two magicians do the same trick or if they do you know the same iteration of a trick how does that work so magic is very very old there's pretty much no tricks in the world that are 100 percent new and almost every trick done nowadays dates back to hundreds if not thousands of years so it's very hard to kind of go all the way back to the original owner so when you're doing you know historic routines it's kind of like it's kind of like a free go it's okay if magicians do it it's okay to do it um if someone if a magician comes out with his own version of it like his own routine and everyone sees like that's not his trick but the way he does it that's his kind of way kind of like you come up with your own joke sure and you do it um that can be kind of seen as that's that guy's version if now a lot of magicians are okay with other people doing their version of the trick some magicians even teach it and in that if that's the case then yeah there's no issue with with, with sharing or doing it a way someone else does and others they don't like um when people steal it's kind of it's really about like a marketing thing if you're if you're marketing off that effect, like you come up with this nuanced routine and you're trying to sell it as your own, then you can get in a lot of trouble. And it's very difficult to prove it's your own. They're so hard to, like you can't get really a patent or copyright on magic because it's an idea. There's no way to prove that that idea is yours. But so it's it's almost impossible in that, in that legal aspect to prevent it. But the magic community is very small. If you're kind of doing something along those lines, people will find out and, you know, people that make the props will stop selling to you. People that, do stuff will kind of cut you off so you kind of have to know if the routine you're doing is your own version there's it's okay if you know you're stealing someone else's you have to know if are they okay with other people performing it that way and if they are yes if not then you shouldn't be um and so some magicians like there's been a lawsuit teller actually was the first ever person to win a case to prove uh, that a trick was his but it's very very difficult that round. so you kind of have to know if you're genuinely like doing something the same way as someone else and you have no idea. I mean, you can't really be at fault for that. You had no way of knowing if you 
if you actively like tried to figure out and discover because again it's type of literature that's not everywhere it's very very hard to find that and some people are historians they'll be like that was published in 1928 in this guy's book and other people like i can't even tell you what, who wrote a book last year so with that you have to know what you're doing like what the effect is what the routine is and sometimes magicians sell their own tricks they make a prop they show you how to use it and they sell it and they either say do what you want with it or some say you can perform it but no video recorders, recordings of it. I don't want you publishing this in video format on YouTube or on radio, on podcasts, or just, yeah, it's usually that. They usually kind of say you can use it for how you want it or you can perform it, but don't record it. Uh, so that's really everything. Um, real quick, what's the biggest stage you've been on? The biggest stage I've been on? Hmm. I'm not sure, honestly. A lot of like my stage shows have been smaller in terms okay. of like maybe like 200, 300 people, but I've had certain like close up gigs where I made sure like I went around to everyone. I did probably like 2,000 people in a day. Okay. <laughs> probably a couple thousand people was my biggest stage, but it okay. wasn't a show, which is the interesting part. Sure. Have you thought about like America's Got Talent or anything like that? Yeah, I've considered it. Uh, right before COVID, I was like, given an opportunity to like pursue that and audition the first round or whatever. I don't know the, the whole ladder of yeah, up to TV, but I got to that part. I had like a rep from them contact me and give me the official forms and I was going to do it. And then COVID hit and right. had the opportunity to audition virtually. I can do virtual tricks. As you see, I have a full virtual show that I do and I can do it. But for me, I didn't feel that the virtual tricks I do are my best Josh Paley magic. They're just magic that I've done with my my twist. They're not my Josh Pelley magic that I want the world to see as like, that's the one thing. That's what they know me as. Right. So I didn't want to do the virtual stuff. COVID, you know, it's gone. And I just kind of started doing very well with everything else. The articles, the celebrities, these. I haven't really thought about it. I do get asked that a lot. It's on my list potentially, but I'm still kind of deciding like, I have so much stuff that I could do on that stage. Like two minutes is a lot for a magician. There's a lot I can do in a two minute span. So for me, I'm deciding what would be my favorite thing to start off with my two minutes. That opener that I did today, that's not going to be my America's Got Talent opener. That's going to be my opener for pretty much everything I do everywhere, but probably not America's Got Talent. So I kind of decided what would be what would scream Josh Paley magic the best for that. And there's no rush to it either, you know. I It's always going to be around. It's a very good show. So I'm still kind of playing around with the idea. When do I want to do it? What do I want to do? And see how that goes. Two minutes is a lot for a comic too. And especially uh, my wife thinks two minutes is a long time too. Um, just kidding. But um, real quick, where can, uh, where can our listeners find you? Sure. I am Josh Pele magic. That's Josh J O S H Pele P E L E magic M A G I C. You could find me on all my socials, which is YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. You could find my website, joshpaleymagic.com, or you could just Google it and see articles written up about me if you'd like. Cool. Well, I want to thank you very much for coming on with us. Uh, we, I kept you six minutes longer than I told you I would. Oh, uh, but uh, I appreciate it. And, um, and what I always tell every guest uh, when we have a good time is I, I reserve the right to, to call you again. And, uh, and, and to ha have you on here. I know that our our, uh, our listeners over the week 
whenever they get to watching this, whenever they get to uh, listen to the audio, are, are really going to enjoy this episode. So I thank you much for joining us. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me. It was a great time. Please exercise that right whenever you like. I would love to come back. This was absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir, and we will. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thanks. And that was Josh Pele uh, there for us. Um, do want to remind everybody about the uh, Unfiltered Studios other shows. It's uh, Finding Your Way and uh, the Stupid History Minute. And uh, you can find all of those at unfpod.com. Very, very, very good interview tonight with Josh Pele Magic. We, uh, I enjoyed it immensely, and we look forward to the next time that he's coming on. So uh, next week, got a new guest for you. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. But I uh, hope everybody out there enjoys their week. It's unfpod.com. It's 305-563-2342 on the text hotline. It's always open. So for Josh Paley Magic, my name is The Keb, and I will catch you guys next week. The opinions on this podcast may strike some listeners as vulgar, offensive, or worst of all, serious. Serious. Please adjust your expectations and interpretations accordingly. In other words, lighten the fuck up. For all other concerns, complaints, and court documents, please direct those towards the nearest brick wall. Thank you for listening. This has been an Unfiltered Studios production. For more information, please visit us at unfpod.com.